Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. Church, thanks guys. Excuse me getting a little bit excited about the living God this morning. You're going very quiet. I said, excuse me getting a little bit excited about the living God this morning. Come on. Can we stand together for a moment? How many people know it's not the biggest crime in the world to get a little bit excited about the living God? Let's put our hands together and welcome the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on! We're going to take our seats, and this is uh, part two of Rock Solid. Part two of Rock Solid. And uh, my, my mind's been thinking this week of How do you get rock-solid hope when it all comes crashing down? When it all comes crashing down, how do you get rock-solid hope in that moment? How how do you, where do you go for your rock-solid hope? And this lady, Pandora, has sold millions and millions and millions of albums. They call her the Swedish Madonna. She's that famous there in Russia, Belgium, Sweden, came to see me two years, and it all came crashing down. She was at the top of her career, top of three international charts, and in one moment, boom, her husband disappeared with nine million bucks of her savings. But I want to tell you right up the front, if you want a working title today, the title is this, your miracle is in the fire. Your miracle is not on the other side of the fire. It's not on the beach. It's not in the bank account. It's not in the best career. Your miracle is in the fire. And she found in the middle of the greatest fire of her life, she found the living God, a father who loves her against all odds, who stood by her with all odds and saved her from the ashes of the fire. My wife says, don't ever do this again, but I'm going to do it once. Give it up for the living God. Come on. (laughs) Yay. You know, when you're married to a crazy woman who's ill this morning, you don't have a chance. You have to stay in the fire. I'm settling down late last night in, in the room, finishing off my beautiful sermon, and she appears with a box, beaming. And she, I said, what is this? And she starts to build a portable badminton court in my bedroom. I'm half asleep by this time, and there's nets and balls flying everywhere. And I'm just trying to concentrate on my final point. She says, are you ready for a game now? 
well, I'm ready for a game, Michael, but no, that kind of game. Badminton in the bedroom. Come on. How many people know if you don't have crazy people around you, you have the most boring life on the planet? Come on, guys. And there's no one more crazy. There's no one more crazy with these surprises than the living God. And we're going to go today to one of the most thrilling parts of the Bible with three guys in the fire. Three guys in the fire. We're going to learn very quickly five amazing secrets. Five amazing biblical secrets of when you find yourself in the fire. And how many people know that moment when you try to up your game? You try to eat right. You try to exercise right. You try to pray right. You try to love your wife right. You try to, you, try to, you know, do your work right. You try to tithe right. You try to do everything right. And you do everything you can right. And you think, well, things should work out now. And bang, the opposite happens. The whole world comes crashing down. But we're going to learn five brilliant biblical secrets of what to do when it all hits the fan. I had a dinner with a top medical doctor this week in this town, and he told me that he was at the peak of everything in his nation. And then someone knocked his door, and bang! He had to grab his stuff, leave the country, and be in London as an asylum seeker for seven years with no passport, never seen his parents again. All changed, bang! Yugoslavia and Serbia and all kinds of things were going crazy there. And we sat together, we loved, we talked, we wept together. And, but I could see that God was doing something amazing in his fire. He's doing amazing now. And so five things from three guys that seemed to do everything right. They seemed to do everything right, and yet it all came crashing down. Their names, strange names, Shadrach, Meshach, and, Bibli- uh, 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 and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they'd been eating their, you know, and vegetables and doing everything right, and then bang, they wouldn't bow to evil. They wouldn't surround themselves with evil, and they wouldn't bow to the evil laws of the land. And they were taken one day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to a fire, to burn them to death. First point, if you're making notes, persuaded. They're all peace, persuaded. It says of Abraham and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like this. This is how they got through the fire. They were fully persuaded. The Bible says in Romans 4.20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Ha, oh, come on. In fact, his faith grew stronger in this. He brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. That version says convinced. Another version said he was fully persuaded. Guys, let that sink in deep if we go nowhere else. Everyone is persuaded when they become a Christian. Everybody, until the fire shows up. 
the trial shows up, the testing shows up, until everything goes wrong, then you know if you're persuaded or fully persuaded. But the only main reason the fire comes is to let you get the opportunity to shift from being persuaded to being fully persuaded. That God is amazing. God is great. His love is unconditional. He has your back. He comes through for you every time. He keeps all of his 7,800 promises. And you can step today from persuasion into fully persuasion, and you will find your miracle in the fire as you do that. We can give it up once more for the living God. <laughs> persuaded. It says in Daniel 3 that they were fully persuaded. Their answer when they were told they were going in the fire was brilliant. Guys, we all got faith. We are all being persuaded to a degree. But if we're going to find the miracle in the fire, we've got to step into 110% persuasion. He's driving the bus. He is the best. So it says in 3.16 of Daniel that they were fully persuaded of the promises of God. How many people in this room, shoot straight with me, would just love 24-7 to be fully persuaded of the goodness of God? Come on, guys. Be honest. Help me. Help me. Help me. Everybody else is there, so that's good. So, has life pushed you too far? Are you over the edge? Can you not see any way out? You know when cancer shows up? You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we believe in the promises that God will show up, but even if he doesn't, get this one, guys, even if he doesn't, we will still praise him. How many people know that's fully persuasion? That's what you call fully persuasion. In other words, when cancer shows up and God doesn't come through, I will not bow down. I will not bow down. They refuse to bow down to evil rulers. God can't restore your marriage. Of course he can, but if he doesn't, Fully persuaded people just don't bow down to that sucker. God will cause me to prosper. And let me interject for a moment. Kathleen, come up to the platform. Can you give this lady a big warm welcome for us very quickly? I drive people nuts because I don't stick to the script. I just go as the, with the Holy Spirit's script. Well, that's my excuse for the gift of distraction. All right, guys. But this lady, you know... I remember, most of you are fed up with the story, but as a little boy, when your, your world comes crashing down, you think you're going to a great place, but you end up finding that you're going to an orphanage. How many people, when you, you arrive at an orphanage of screaming kids, you know, you know that your world has just come crashing down. You don't know why, nobody's explained nothing. But when God sends your sister to go with you, <laughs> your sister to go with you, who's 11 months older, and when any bullies came near me because I was so small, she was tougher than Mike Tyson. She would batter anybody that come within a yard of me. She would just bar them. With the love of Jesus, of course, but she would bar them. And even as a young boy, I knew that my miracle was in the fire. This lady here was my miracle in the fire in that moment. God always has somebody or something or some word or something going on in the middle of your fire, and it's so obvious you can't even see it. 
And she has been like my garden angel, went through the fire herself when her husband left. But incredibly, incredibly, through all of that, she's kept her faith. She's kept her faith. She's kept her friendship with me. And she's raised the most amazing daughter and family in this town. Give it up for my sister, Kathy. She whispered the most beautiful, loving thing my sister's ever said just right now. She said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Give it up once more, guys. Come on. We're having fun today. It's a summer. So, things got even harder. The second secret you need to know about finding the miracle in the fire is pressure. You pray, and you think, yabba dabba do. I've prayed, the Bible says, asks, he answers, it's hunky-dory. But we have to make space for the pressure. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went from level one to level two. Level two is when God takes you to the pressure. It says in the Bible that in Daniel 3.19, things got even hotter. They turned up the heat and the fire. How many of you guys have prayed, prayed and thinking, God has to come through now, and it gets worse? <laughs> come on, guys. It gets worse. We got to understand that God's intention is for you and me to be fully charged. How's your batteries doing today? How's your faith? How's your fire? How's your spirit batteries doing today? 100%, 50%? Or like my iPhone, absolutely knackered. I even bought one of these extra double charges for it, and that sucker, I must have bought the wrong one, because it's draining it faster than it was before. 40 quid doing the drain. So here's the thing, guys. Things might be heating up in your life. You know, displacement, divorce, custody, battles, sickness. And you, the fire is going up like you've never seen. Don't despair in that moment because it's in the moment when things get its hottest, God shows up. God shows up. Third P is this. Write it down if you've got notes. Promise. Promise. It's brilliant. But now, says the Lord who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, this is Isaiah 43, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I've called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, come on, guys, we've got to engage with this and get it down on our spirit. It's not enough just to do the BBC one thing. I will be with you. It's him that's saying that. He's not saying if you're good enough, I'll be with you. If you don't sin, I'll be with you, which is a good idea not to sin. If you do everything right, I'll be with you. He just says, I'll be with you. And we have authority and power and confidence because it is the I, the loving Father, is saying it. So when you go through that, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. Here it comes, guys. When you walk through the fire... When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Oh, 
Anybody believe one word of that? Come on, guys. Is, is faith beginning to stir in you? Because sometimes that fire overwhelms you to the point you can't even see the hand of God in the fire with you. So God isn't going to save you and me from the fire because that's our university. He's going to meet us in the fire. And when you meet him in the fire, nothing else matters. We are addicted to externals for our joy. We are addicted to external breaks, external, um, external stimulation, external circumstances, external uh, medications, everything external. But when you hold on in the fire, you make the greatest shift ever. You find the source, the miracle, and the source of all your joy and all your healing, all your power has got nothing to do with where you are, what you're doing, and what's going on. It's bang there in the face of the living God who's bang in the middle of the fire waiting to embrace you and lift you through to the next level. We can give it up to God for that. That's good. Come on. <laughs> We've all been in that place where we think, well, that's fine. That's all right for you, fat preacher. But what about me? I'm on my own. I got no one to protect me. Where's Becky? Is Becky here this morning? Where is Becky? I've lost her. Okay, I'll tell your story another time. But here's the thing the devil lies to you when you're in that fire. That no one really gets you. No one really understands. And guys, let's nail that sucker right now. The truth is, you're right. Nobody does. Like the living God who's just waiting on you, calling him in to the midst of your fire. Because you never feel so any more vulnerable when you're in that moment. Like this is all great, but there's just nobody to protect me. The fourth P is protection. So when Nebuchadnezzar threw these guys into the fire, Bible says this. Oh, let this sink in. Their chains broke. Don't you get it, guys? The fire was so fierce, it broke chains, but it didn't touch them. This is the kind of guy that's in the fire with you. This is the kind of God. And you think, oh, why am I in this fire? What's happening to me? I'm telling you now, when you're in the fire, every chain that's held you back all your life is breaking off. The chains of fear, the chains of intimidation, the chains of anxiety, the chains of depression, the chains of discouragement, the chains of betrayal. If you will let God do that deep work in you with his fire, you're going to find, know that it's not the end of the world. Yes, it is the end of the old you that has been in that place, like I've been for many years, chained up with all kinds of rubbish. But if you will let God step into your fire, you will find your chains falling off faster than you could possibly imagine. Who would love every single one that changed just to fall off? 
for the fire to burn out of. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's not the way we're wired to live. And so, according to the promises of Isaiah, Jesus is waiting to step into your fire because that's where the miracle is. Would you let him step into your fire today? Would you let him step into your fire tomorrow? Or would you just continue to focus on the fire, talk to the fire, talk about the fire, let the fire burn you up? Or would you make that shift to the fully persuasion that the greatest joy in the planet has got nothing to do with geography, has got nothing to do with external, it's to do with letting the living, loving Father God step right bang into the middle of the fire you're in once and for all and bring you through like you cannot imagine. Last point, very quickly. Last point. How are we doing time-wise, guys? This is a record breaker, by the way. And here's the last one. And here's where it gets signed. Because you might be asking, what's all that about? Why were the Israelites 40 years in the fire? Young lady texts me on Friday night. She's in the fire. She's like, God never answers my prayers. Nothing's ever happening. Nothing, 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 nothing. I knew she was in the fire. And I knew she was in the fire because of childhood experiences. Her own father put her through things you and I don't want to discuss in public, and her family members, and her mother, and went to jail for years for it. She w- went to jail for years for it. So now she's dreaming of buying her first car. But when, what happens when you're in the fire? Your brain takes you back to that moment when there was nobody there to protect you, when the one that you did believe in to protect you has disappeared and abandoned you, when everything you stood on and believed in as a little kid is gone. And I could tell she was being revisited by the fire. I used some strong language with her, not sweaty language, just language like, you're better than this. Your miracle's in the fire. You're going to get your whatever on the streets tomorrow. You're going to go out there, girl. You're going to make it happen. Because we know what happened third, 20 years ago. But I'm telling you right now, there's another father that's coming into your fire. And your miracle is in the fire on Saturday. <laughs> Yesterday. I got a text last night from young Becky, we call her, does a great work working in the youth here. She just oozes the love of Jesus. She sent me a picture. I did it. I bought my first sport car. Give it up, guys. Give it up. Give it up. You have no idea what she's gone through. You have no idea what she's been through. And when it happened, I remember thinking, oh my G-O-D, what kind of future is going to happen with this kid? How is she going to find faith again? How is she going to find confidence again? How is she going to stand on two feet again? But she went to St. Andrews University and got a top-whacking degree, got a top-whacking job this month, and now she's probably enjoying the car too much. She's away driving that flipping thing. You're allowed to give it up for the living God once more, guys. 24 hours. And God stepped into the fire because she believed, knowing that everything in life had been against her making it. But she's learned 
when she went from that situation through the fires, she has found in her fire a living God. No one smiles more than her. She has her moments. She has her moments. My word, she has her moments. But the life she gives off to the young people and here every Friday night, and the hope she gives them is nothing short than a rocking miracle. God is great, guys. The probution, last one. So why is God taking you through it? Why is God, the last P, why is God, can the band come back up, please? And George, can you do that Rolling Stones number? It's all over now. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even think it is the Stones. My memory's that bad. They just all blur into one thing. But I know, George, you won't let me down. You'll come up with something very similar. They pressure, eh? So the last one. Anybody enjoying the summer, guys? Come on. Bit of sunshine in Scotland. That's a miracle and a half. Right there. But God doesn't want to send you home today with just some self-help or Bible help. Or he wants to step into your fire. He wants to burn up every one of these chains that's burning your brain, burning your confidence, burning your fears. The answer is not in changed circumstances. The answer is in the one who's ready to step in your fire. Knowing him, being close with him, letting him light up every one of your moods and emotions every day. You can then say to God, when I was in my mother's womb, heaven was there. When I'm in that moment, that moment, it doesn't matter where that moment is. I'm going to make a quick confession to you guys. I don't think I've ever said this publicly before. And I wrestled all last night whether to say it. I look on Facebook, and the three things people get excited about most I hate. Used to. I see people getting excited about holidays. I hated holidays with a passion. Hated them as a child. And then when Christmas comes, the month of December was the most depressing, life-crashing month of my whole life. I hated Christmas with a passion. I love Jesus and God, but that whole Christmas thing, I hated with a passion. And the third thing I hated, guys, was weekends. People would tell me, oh, I can't wait for the weekend, come for the weekend. I just wanted to say, hey, get stuffed. Those three things brought depression into my life like you cannot believe. And even to this day, even to this day, I have to be careful when the 1st of December comes. I have to be careful when the 1st of July comes. And I have to be careful when Friday night comes. Because these were, were the three greatest sources of hell and pain in my life. Christmas was like December 1. Mom having a nervous breakdown again. Wondering, how do I get presents for these kids? How do I get that? And every day she would say, she was the most amazing mom on earth, but she would say, hey, if you're bad, you're definitely getting nothing. That threat didn't work because she pretty much knew you were getting next to nothing anyway. <laughs> And for some reason, just put a cloud. She didn't mean it. She was loving the kindest woman, but she struggled to provide for more than 12 kids or whatever it was at the time. And so December just, just was a black hole. And the worst moment, going to school on Monday. 
And how many lies could you think up? As everybody stood in the bike shed, seven years of age, boasting of their new bike, and their new this, and their new that, and the new thing, and you would go like, I got three bikes, I got four pairs of football boots, and you're standing there in rags. You just make it up, you'd boast. I dreaded, I thought, will I go or will I just lie? Tell you the truth, guys, that's horrible. I chose to lie. And you could spend your whole life faking it. Friday night was hell because the debt men would start knocking the door at 9 o'clock on the Saturday morning. And we would have this argument every week, who's going to pay the debts? Which one will you pay? The co-op? No. The insurance? No. This guy, he's all right, he's getting 10 pence. And it was this whole thing of, we're not paying our debts. We're not making it. And then holidays. When you're seven and playing the street and your friend just comes back from Scarborough. I hated Scarborough with a passion. Never even seen it. Oh, Scarborough this and Scarborough that. Just be careful, guys, with your holiday posts. Scarborough. I was like, if he says Scarborough once more, I'm putting his lights out. And then somebody would come, oh, with a strong Glasgow accent. I was staying at Ibrox with my Uncle Tam. And he'd be talking Glaswegian for two solid weeks, boasting about his holiday. No wonder my accents are a total mess. I picked up all of them. And I'm shooting straight, guys. I've never said this before. I just don't want you to get the impression that people stand up here that had a cushy life. And these three things. When I go on holiday, I'm like, I have to pray for 24 hours. I go through cold turkey. When Christmas comes, but God sets me up. He puts me in a fire. He puts me in a marriage with a woman who starts Christmas about the beginning of October. He doesn't put a flipping tree up. She turns my whole house into a wonderland. And if I tiptoe in the wrong direction, I knock some Christmas glass tree over and smash it. She's insane about Christmas. And then holidays, oh. Even a good thing can be like a fire. She said to me yesterday, she sent me a picture of a new Christmas decoration, a big huge hula hoop with lights on it. She says, when do you think we should get started? I said, can we finish the game of badminton first, darling? Come on, give it up, guys. God is good. And I'm just saying that, guys, because you got your stuff and I got my stuff. And we all got these childhood experiences. Everybody has something. And the devil keeps wanting to take you back to that. But I've just made it my goal in life. When she gets the stepladders out on the 1st October, I just make sure I'm at the top of the ladder, ready to stick the stuff up. I get excited about it. I throw myself into it. Not naturally, but I just do it. And I'm telling you why now, guys. I'm telling you why. The miracle is in the fire, not on the beach. Give it up for God. Come on, guys. Stop running from Christmas, holidays, weekend, and all the stuff you're running from. Run into that fire, guys. Run into it. Run into it. The final one is this. I want to finish with it, guys. This is beautiful. And the only reason God takes you to the fire 
is to promote you. Oh, you think you're doing well in business. You think you're doing well in marriage. You do. Listen, you have no idea. You have no idea what God has put in you, what he's going to do through you, and the nations he's going to impact through you. You have no idea the master plan he has for you. Who in their right mind in their 60s would start a prayer meeting on a Tuesday night in their house other than the crazy Dorrits? Come on, guys, give it up. That just brings tears. That brings tears. Because I see so many people nursing their hip joints, their knee joints, and every other joint. But today, God is calling you. He's calling you back. He's calling you back to step into the fire <laughs> to see there's somebody waiting there for you who loves you so much who cares for you so much he wants to break every chain off you those childhood memories those experiences he wants to break every chain and he wants to set you on fire and let you go home today fully charged fully charged fully charged fully charged like never before. He's ready to promote you. King Nebuchadnezzar, the guy that put them in the fire, saw the goodness of God in their lives. Could evil, evil, evil Nebuchadnezzar see more than you and me can see today? He could see the goodness and favor of God on those three punks' lives. Here's the deal, guys. Can you see the goodness and the favor of God on your life right now? I'll tell you what, even if you can, he can. So give it up for the he can. Come on. Let's stand. Let's stand. So King Nebuchadnezzar, finish this. King Nebuchadnezzar sees, the, sees this thing. And the Bible says they were promoted. They were promoted. They were promoted. You might be experiencing physical pain, mental pain, marriage pain, every other pain. You may have traumas. My little granddaughter says, oh, granddad, there's one thing I hate. There's one thing that frightens me. There's one thing keeps me awake at night. Moths, especially when they fly. I said, sweetheart, you bring them to granddad because those suckers are going on my sandwich with brown sauce tomorrow morning. Nothing cheers up a little kid like a bit of humor. I'm trying to teach her. We don't run from the stuff, baby. We run at it. So with every eye closed, I want to pray this prayer. Because I'm not minimizing the fire you've gone through. But God is doing this to bring you back to your calling and your fire. If you could honestly say right now, I'm fully charged. I'm fully on board with my calling, whatever it is. And I'm fully persuaded. You don't need to pray this prayer. You don't need to pray this prayer. But if you will admit 
to the living God. You know what? I've ran from the fire. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm 10% charged. Sometimes I put my eyes on the circumstances and convince myself of the circumstances change. Maybe I could enjoy Christmas again. Maybe I could enjoy the holidays again. Maybe I can enjoy birthdays again. But God sees you in the fire. And he's inviting you once more to come back to him, to invite him to come into your fire and let him take you to the place of one million percent fully persuading. Your name's in his land book of life. Your name is on his life. He has the best ever, ever, ever planned future for you. If you will stop running from the fire and invite God right now into your fire. If that's you today, say this prayer with me, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's hear you out loud, guys. Everybody help me with it, even if you... Lord Jesus Christ, you stepped into the fire for me. You could have ran. You could have ducked. You stepped into the most venomous fire on earth. All hell and mankind was against you. But you stepped into the fire of Galilee to rescue me. Father God, I don't know how I got in this fire. I don't know really how I lost my calling and I, I lost my purpose and I lost my passion. I don't know how I got to this place, but you do. And I would give anything, I would give anything to have you back in the middle of my fire and be a person of unshakable hope and be fully, fully, fully persuaded. You're driving the bus. You know where it's going and you know how it's going to get there. Would you open my spiritual eyes in this moment to see the, the love in the Father's eyeballs looking down, waiting to step into my fire. And when he steps in the fire, the only thing that falls off is the things that hold you back, the chains of doubt, anxiety, and fear. And even as I pray that prayer, I can physically see chain after chain after chain after chain after chain falling to the ground. Falling to the ground. Falling to the ground. Falling to the ground. See the Father stepping into your fire in this moment. See the Father embrace you like never before. Lift you up and have a sniff have a sniff at your clothes. The smoke is gone. The smoke of depression, the smoke of fear, the smoke of anxiety, the smoke of doubt, the smoke of discouragement, betrayal. The smoke is gone. And he's picking you up right now. And he's taking you to that place of the great promotion at home and at peace with your Father in heaven.
with every eye closed, every single closed, if you prayed that prayer from the bottom of your heart because you know and you decided to invite God back into the midst of your fire. If that's you today, with every eye closed, raise your right hand very quickly. Right hand very quickly. You invited him back into the fire. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's good. Some of you are in that place. You go, do you know what? I don't even know half of what that man's talking about. That's okay. You just go home. Make a simple decision. Can I make it on the fire? Can I make it through the fire on my Todd one more day? Or am I going to let my dad, my Abba Father, who knows the hairs on my head, the ones here and the ones that have left, he has me in the palm of his hand and he is going to work it all out in Jesus' name. Let's give it up, guys, for the living God with both hands. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's in the fire. God bless you and have a great week, guys.